right now, uh, we live in a world that needs more than ever a reason for hope. That we're pining for something more, and we all know it, right? We all know that there's something so much more than what we're doing, right? So much more than going from Sunday to Wednesday, from Sunday to Thursday, and we know that there's something more that we're made for. We know that deep in our bones. And so I want to ask you this question before we dive into our text. What is the one thing that the church has that is most compelling? Think about that. The one thing that is so undeniable, so uncontainable, so joy-inducing, so must-see, that it changes everything that it touches. Something that if we were to fully just lean in and see with fresh eyes, I believe it would be a catalyst for the greatest revival we've ever seen in Gloucester County and the entire country. The one thing that if we just allow the Holy Spirit to put in our hearts anew, it would be like a wildfire in your soul. And we all know what that thing is, but oftentimes it kind of misses us, right? We talk about this one thing probably one time a year. And that one thing is this. It is the resurrection. It's the resurrection. And so the resurrection is the center of everything. And I want to hopefully unpack during our time together why it should matter to you and why it should matter to me and why this is meant to be the thing that we center our churches around And this is the catalyst for the greatest revival in human history if we would just lean into it. Amen? So, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Matthew 28. Matthew 28. And the title of this message is going to be simply this, Resurrection People. Resurrection People. And I want to make the case that we are meant to be resurrection people. Right? Because Christ has risen from the dead, we are supposed to be people of the resurrection. That the resurrection is the center of the gospel and it should be the center of the church. And so this account is so familiar, isn't it? Right? We we hear this passage every single Easter without fail. Right? This is the center of the gospel. It is the resurrection. Right? This is what the apostles always got to every time they talked about the gospel. It came down to the central point that Christ rose from the dead. Right? This is what the church for the last 1,500, 1,700 years have always been centered on. Right? That Jesus rose from the dead and that has implications on everything in our lives. Right? And everything else about our theology as Christians flow into this single stream of the resurrection. Right? Think about it. Atonement of sin, justification, sanctification, uh, the bringing together of a new people called the church. All of these things are streams that flow into the one thing that is the resurrection. Right? The resurrection is the central part of the gospel. Right? It is this, that Christ is alive. Right? 
Anything else does not matter if Christ is not raised, right? And so the heart of the gospel that we give to every person in our community is this, that Christ is alive and he is enlivening his people and his kingdom in the present world through the Holy Spirit. And he is on a single mission to set everything right in the world. He is on a single mission to set everything right in the world. This is why Ephesians chapter 1 verse 10 says this. That the entire goal of God is that he would gather together in one all things in Christ. Both which are in heaven and on earth in him. And so when we think of the word gospel... Does it center on the resurrection, right? When we even give people the gospel, uh, does it center on this, that Christ is alive and that that single moment in history is the catalyst for new creation, right? That Christ is alive and he's on a mission to set everything in the world right again. He's setting everything right in this present world because of the resurrection, Right? I mean, even if we look across the world, we see coronavirus, we see political unrest, all of these things that are happening in our world. Yet, we have the single solution, the single message, and it's this Christ is restoring everything. Amen. He's restoring everything, right? And the resurrection is the beginning of that. That's why this single moment in history is so powerful because it wasn't just that Christ left the tomb. He left the tomb on a mission and that mission is to restore every single thing both in heaven and on earth and to reconcile them all in him. That is the hope of the Christian life. Right? That is the hope that I really want you to see. And so, here's the main idea for our time together. And we'll spend the rest of our time unpacking it. The main idea is this. That the resurrection changes everything. And we join Christ in it. The resurrection changes everything. Everything. And we join Christ in it. And I want to give us three ways why the resurrection changes everything and how we can be resurrection people. So let's get started. The first point is this. We see the invitation of the resurrection. The invitation of the resurrection. Let's look at verse 6. Verse 6 says this. He is not here. For he is risen as he said, come see the place where the Lord lay. Now, this is significant, right? The angel rolls away the stone, sits on it, and tells the women, no, come and see the place where he lay. Come and see the place where Christ used to be. And the reason is this. In Jewish thought, right, resurrection is not a new idea, Right? Um, All Jewish people believed in resurrection. Right? Uh, This is why Martha, at the death of Lazarus, told Jesus that, of course, he'll be raised at the last day. But here's the significant point. Right? 
The resurrection outside of Jewish thinking now happens in the middle of human history. Right? The thing that they were all longing for, the thing they all believe would happen, now happens for one person ahead of all the others in the middle of history. And so the angel invites them in to see that Christ has risen from the dead. And that is so significant. Why? Because it shows that Christ himself is resurrection life. That Christ himself in him is the embodiment of resurrection. That it's not just something that happens, but it is residing in the person of Jesus himself. This is why he says, I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection. I am the life. And so here's what it means for you and I. If you are in Christ Jesus, you are a part of the resurrected king. You are a part of his body. You're a part of this resurrection life. And therefore, we have resurrection hope. And so maybe you're here today, and this whole resurrection thing kind of eludes you, right? It, it may be just something that we see once a year on Easter. But I want to invite you, like this angel, would you come and see the thing that has happened in the middle of human history, that Christ himself, risen from the dead, is now king of the world. And that changes everything. Everything. Right? Have we seen the beauty of the empty tomb? Right? Have we seen uh, the beauty and glory that Christ is risen from the dead? Have we ourselves come and seen the place where the Lord lay? Because it has implications. You will live in the gospel of what you fully see, right? You will only live in the goodness of the resurrection and the life of the resurrection if you fully see it, right? This is the the heartbeat of the Christian hope. And so like the angel, I want to invite you in to see it, right? Don't don't just kind of uh, theologize it. No, see it with the eyes of your heart because it changes everything when you do. The resurrection says that Christ has become king of the world. Why does this matter? Because his kingdom is not just coming. His kingdom is here right now. Right? In a world where people fight over power, we have a single king. Biden isn't king. Christ is. Right? Trump isn't king. Christ is. No political agenda is king. Christ is. And the resurrection proves that. That there is one king on the throne forever. He has no term. He has no limits. And guess what? We are his kingdom. Do we feel that? Do we live in that? Because if we did, everything would change in this community. If you realized that you are a kingdom with a king whose power raises everything, everything would change. And so I want to encourage you, come and see. When you talk about the gospel, center on this so other people can see too. The resurrection means everything.
And so the first invite is to come and see. The second invite is then to go and speak. Let's look at verses 8. It says this, So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples word. And so when we talk about the resurrection, do you have fear and great joy? Right? They left this empty tomb with fear and joy. And so I want to ask you, are we as the people of God marked by awe at the resurrection? Or do we simply fill these spaces, sing about the resurrected king without any joy? Right? The resurrected king is resurrecting everything and that has implications and so we are to be people who go and speak right it says they went out from the tomb they didn't stay there they left with joy the christian is meant to be the most joyful person in the entire world why because we have the gospel that says god is restoring everything And if he is restoring everything, that is the means of your joy. It's a promise. The resurrection is a promise that he will restore everything. And you get to live in that right now. (laughs) We're not waiting on the reign of Christ. Christ is reigning right now. This is why it matters. Christ is king of the world. He's king of the world. And it centers on the resurrection. Without the resurrection, justification doesn't matter. Without the resurrection, forgiveness of sin doesn't matter. Without the resurrection, sanctification doesn't matter. But because of the resurrection, we are forgiven. We are justified. We are being sanctified. And God is renewing the entire world. That is the gospel. That is the heart of what we proclaim. And so this should compel you to go and speak. You have the greatest news in the entire world. That God himself is king. And he is on a mission to restore Gloucester County. Right? We have a hopeful gospel, right? We have a gospel that says, no, there is renewal. There is resurrection power. There is resurrection life. The, the resurrection is the beginning of God's new creation because the resurrection was physical, right? And so therefore that means that God is on a mission to renew the physical. He's on a mission to restore creation and us he himself in christ is accomplishing what he always wanted from the beginning resurrected people in a perfect world right this goes back all the way to genesis 1 doesn't it right the resurrection means everything because god is on a mission to restore the entire creation and he starts with us He's getting us back to Genesis 1, right? He's getting us back to the garden, something better than Eden. Is that the hope we hold out to people? 
right? Is that the invitation that we give? Is that what we proclaim? This is why Jesus says that all authority is his. Why? Because he's king. And he is on a mission to restore something better than Eden. Something better than Eden. And so the resurrection is the beginning of God's new creation. And that's the invite that we have. The second point is this. Not only do we have an invite of the resurrection, but now the resurrection has implications. It has implications. And this is going to be the heart of the message, right? And this is my favorite part. So to see that, we're going to go to Romans 8. And it'll be on the screen. And so the implication of the resurrection is this first, that we have resurrection hope. Romans 8, 18, it'll be on the screen. It says this, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. And so this is the first implication of the resurrection, that suffering and death and decay is going to be crushed, destroyed, dethroned. And the resurrection is the beginning of that, right? And so our suffering in this life is producing something, is producing the ultimate good, which is God's renewal of all things. It says here, for I consider that these sufferings are not worthy to be compared with the glory. What is the glory? God's new creation. How did that happen? The resurrection. That's the implication, right? And so we are progressively, day by day, partaking of God's resurrection power. And that fullness, that joy, that hope is going to be extended to the entire creation. This is what the gospel means. And so when we allow the resurrection to permeate our lives, to really shape us from the inside out, we can have the same perspective as Paul, that my suffering has no comparison to the glory. That is going to be revealed in me. Do you believe that? That because Christ walked out of the grave, your sufferings have an end date. Your trials have an end date. This decay in the world has an end date because he is restoring everything. And so we can be people of the resurrection because we have resurrection hope. And this hope is not some distant future. It's here and now. And it's working in us, even in our suffering. And so there isn't a death in any space of our lives that will not be redeemed by resurrection hope. Right? There isn't a death in any space of our lives that is not being redeemed by resurrection hope. And this is what we offer to the world. Right? This is what we offer to Gloucester County. When people look at the church, do they see people of hope? 
When they look at the local church, Bridgepoint, Lifewell, Calvary Chapel, Providence, Petsworth, do they see people of hope? Do they see people saying, have you heard the news? God is restoring the world. And it happened at the resurrection. And so therefore, you have hope. You have life working in you. This is why scripture says that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is doing what? Living in you. Living in you. Ordinary Christian. You have the spirit of resurrection living in you. And guess what? He wants to work through you in the world. That's the hope that we have. Right? This is why Paul says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Right? If you are in Christ, new creation has begun. Why? Because the resurrected king resurrected you too. You've gone from death to life. You've gone from shame to freedom. You have been made alive. And do people see that about us? Right? If you want to see renewal, come into Christ. We have a different witness church. We have a different testimony. We have a different way. We have different news. And that news is Christ is raised and new creation has begun. Think about that. God is restoring everything. That is the word we give to the world. And so in a culture, in a world that says everything's falling apart, the sky's on fire, right? Everything's in upheaval. Do we sound like that too? Do we agree with the news of the world? Or do we say new creation? Or do we say, no, no, that is not the end of the story. The story is actually God is renewing the world. And he started that when Christ rose from the dead, right? This is the story, the narrative that we give the world. We don't collude with the news of the world and say, yes, it's falling apart and we just want to go. No, we say Christ himself is coming back to stay. And he is restoring everything. And that is what we say in the face of a broken world. The world says the sky's on fire. We say God is going to renew the world. The world says everything's falling apart. We say it's falling into place. Right? The world says you just need to focus on making sure that your life is secure. We say no, in Christ you are secure. All right? We're people of resurrection. That's who we are. And someone asks you, is that our worldview? Is that the lens by which we see the world through? Do we see the the world through the lens of resurrection? Or do we see death and decay and that becomes our worldview? Right? This is why Jesus says, you are salt and light because you're resurrection people. And what does salt do? Salt stops the decay. Right? And so... Christ rose from the dead, launched new creation, and left you here and left me here. Why? So that we would be salt. 
Salt, by its very nature, stops the decay in the world. And so, if you're tired of seeing the decay, guess what? You're the means by which it'll stop. Salt stops decay. Jesus says, you're salt. You're salt. And so, have you gone deeply into this community enough to be salt? Right? Because if salt stops the decay and decay is in this county, well, what are we going to do in response? Right? Be salt. Pour it out. You have the resurrected king living on the inside of you, church. You are a part of a kingdom that is happening right now, and it's being enlivened by the Holy Spirit of God. Right? We have resurrection hope. And this is the thing that we say to our souls every single day. New creation, resurrection hope. God is on a mission to restore everything. And he wants us to join. Amen? Here's the second implication. And this is my favorite one. That because of the resurrection, we will see a resurrected creation. How do we know that? Verse 21 says this of chapter 8 of Romans. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. And look at this. Because creation itself will be delivered from the bondage of decay and into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Now, this is staggering for us, right? What does it mean? That the resurrection means this. God is going to deliver creation. This present world, verse 21 says that creation itself will be delivered. Is that a part of our gospel? Romans 8, 21 says God is going to deliver the entire creation. And so, because Christ rose from the dead, he is on a mission to push out decay in this present world. That is the end goal of God, to set this creation free, right? He doesn't just care about created people. He cares about creation too. That's why it says creation will be delivered. Notice it says it will not be destroyed. Delivered. God himself is going to deliver this present world. That's hope, right? He's not going to just throw this world away. He's not going to say, uh, well, sin's gotten into it, we'll let it go. No, he said, no, I'm going to deliver the whole creation. Creation itself will be delivered. That's the heartbeat of what we tell people. Right? Imagine the kind of hope that would enter into the people of God if we knew that God cares about this world. If we knew that God is not just taking us out of this world, but he wants to renew this world, according to Romans 8.21. He wants to restore this world. And guess what? He wants to use you as a means of it. Church, you are a part of God's resurrection story. He wants to do it through you. Right? I mean, think about this. God is restoring the present world. 
He's not going to throw it away. He's not going to just say, forget it all. No, he's going to deliver it. That's what the resurrection means. The resurrection means that God is going to deliver this present world. He's going to set creation free. He's going to set this community free in the end. That's the whole point. The resurrection is not just about us. It's about the whole creation. And therefore, our mission in this world matters. Your life in this community matters. Your presence in Gloucester County matters because God is going to renew Gloucester in the end. There will be a new Gloucester in the new heavens and the new earth. Right? And so if that is the case, if he's not throwing this place away, then how much more should you and I be a part of its renewal? Right? This is the heartbeat of Christian theology. That God is not throwing away the present world. He's renewing the present world. There will be a new Gloucester. And the reason why we do good works, the reason why we enter into mission, is because God is doing that through us. Until he comes back and does it fully. That's the gospel. Right? Do we tell people that? Right? The gospel is not just a way to get out of hell. No, the gospel is God setting the entire creation free. That's Romans 8.21. That one day, he is going to set the world free. And when we fully embrace the reality that God is renewing the world, not just us, but creation the physical, our communities, and everything in it, when he's setting the world free and inviting people into that, we'll see Gloucester as a place that we're meant to steward toward flourishing, not waiting to leave it. All right? If we see God's renewing of this world as the center of the gospel, we'll see Gloucester as a place to steward, not waiting to leave it behind. Right? We're not waiting to be escaping this world. We are waiting for Christ to renew this world. That's the gospel. Right? That, that is the heartbeat of the church. And so it invites us and calls us into to be a part Right? You have a part to play in God's renewing of the world. Right? You have a part to play. And so are we playing that part? Is our mission so centered on this renewal gospel, not just a rescue gospel? Right? Is, is our lives as a church centered on this? Because if it is, you will be about mission. You will be about good works. You'll care about the world because you realize that God is not destroying the world. He's delivering it. That matters. That is the most beautiful message in the entire world. Romans 8.21 says that creation itself will be delivered. Delivered. And he wants you and I to be a part of that deliverance. Right? This is why Paul tells the church in 1 Corinthians to be steadfast immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. 
Why? Because God's restoring the world. Because the resurrection is the means and the reason why our work is not in vain. If this world were going to be destroyed in the end, our work wouldn't matter. Our mission in the world wouldn't matter. But because he is delivering creation, then that is the reason why we care about the world. It's the reason why we enter in the fray. We come in, we, we do good works, we love our community, we spread the gospel, we tell people, have you heard the news? God is king and he is on a mission to restore this planet. He's not going to throw it away. The same God who said it is good in Genesis 1 is the same God who will say it is good in Revelation 21. It doesn't change. It doesn't change. And so... Do we say in the world it will be good? Or do we say it's bad? It's gone. The world's going to hell in a handbasket. It's over. And so the, our best bet is just to wait until we leave. When Christ says, actually, we pray, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the mission of the church. We are to see God's kingdom, his will done on earth as it is in heaven. That's why he left you here, church. Not to wait, not to be afraid, not to be scared, not to want to leave this world, but to say, God, we will see your kingdom in this world. We will see the renewal of this world because that is what he will do in the end. That, family, is the resurrection gospel. That is the gospel we are called to give people. That's the kind of people we're meant to be. That is the kind of message that will see 30,000 plus unsafe people here become zero. That kind of message. The kind of message that says God is renewing the world and it began when Christ opened his eyes in power. That is the hope that we need. That is what will fill our churches. It's supposed to, right? Because we know that Christ is returning, isn't he? And he's returning to this world to restore it to the way it was in Genesis 1. Right? And that, that is supposed to be the engine of our lives. Right? We're not people trying to escape this world. We are people filled with the Holy Spirit of God to be the agents of the world's renewal. This is why Jesus says in John 17, I don't ask you that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them. Right? This is who we are, church. This is who we're meant to be. We are resurrection people cultivating resurrection communities called churches with a resurrection message until the resurrected king does this for the entire creation. That's who we are. And so we join Christ in bringing new life into our communities. That's the mission of the church. That's what we do. That's who we are, right? Uh, 2 Corinthians 2.14 says this. 
Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and spreads the fragrance of his reign in every place. Every place. Do we do that? When people see us, do they see people spreading the reign of Jesus? Spreading the fragrance of Jesus, saying, no, Christ is alive. He's renewing the world. And that is the fragrance that we give in Gloucester County. Because if we did, that would be undeniable. That would be compelling. That would be the news that would literally change the world because it did. Twelve apostles had that single message and it turned the entire world upside down. Every single time they talked about the gospel, it came down to resurrection and renewal. Every single time. And it changed the face of the known world. And that same spirit lives in you. Do you believe that? Right? You're not hopeless. You're not waiting to leave because the Holy Spirit of God is in you. And Christ is coming back to stay. That's the kingdom right there, right? That is the mission that we have. And so what does this call us into? Last point. And it's this, the imperative of the resurrection. The imperative of the resurrection. And so to show this, I want to read Colossians 3 and then we'll close. So in light of all of this resurrection renewal talk, right? What are we to do? So Colossians 3 says this, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. And so you've been raised with Christ, therefore seek the things that are above. That's what you do. Let's look at verse 12 of chapter 3. And it says this, Therefore, as the elect of God... Holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving each other. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. And so, the resurrection people are to live in the resurrection way. And that's the resurrection way. Living out the one another's. Now, you may think, oh, that's so simple. Forgiving each other, bearing with each other. But here's the beautiful thing. That is the very life of the resurrection. Right there. When we do this as a community, as a church, as a family, people start to see something of heaven on earth. Right? As we forgive, as we bear with, as we live out the one another's, it is the life of heaven in the church. When people come into our doors, do they see something of the reign of Jesus? Because this is what it looks like. This is the very means by how God renews the world. And so you don't want to miss out on that. The one another's and your ordinary life is the presence of new creation in the midst of the old. Right? That's beautiful. And that should grip our hearts. And so your life together in this church is meant to be one of resurrection life, right? 
I mean, when you walk across the street to the Starbucks, give resurrection life. When you go into Walmart, do, do you walk into Walmart thinking, God, how can I be resurrection life to somebody? How can you use me to be the agent of new creation? Right? Because that's what you're meant to do. You bring the fragrance of new life everywhere you go. Lean into that. And so as we close, I want to ask you this. What kind of people do you want to be? Right? Do we want to be a gathered church or a resurrection community? Hear the difference. A gathered church simply gathers on Sunday. And that's it. But a resurrection community sees the power of the living Christ in every space of its life. A gathered church simply says on Sunday as it is, but a resurrection community says on earth as it is in heaven, right? A a, a gathered church simply sees itself as people in waiting, but a resurrection community, a resurrection people sees itself as people on mission, We're the agents, the means by which God renews.